1: Number one on the best list. It's strike action.
0: All right, we're getting straight, straight, straight to the strike. Strike to the strike. Straight to the strike. To the strike. That's hard to say. Okay, I worked it out. Straight to the strike. Yeah, yeah. Well, straight to the, your, the strike. Your brain isn't, you know, have the messed up wiring that mine does in the speech centers. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, films and filth. We're we're still kind of on strike looking at strike movies movies god i can't talk this morning this is gonna be exciting uh this is matt here
2: uh it's Mark. you should go next <laughs> this is mark next this is luke
0: and and today there is a person named john I uh, john arminio hello
3: hi thanks for having me on i appreciate it
0: i'm gonna try and get the name right this time Pop- popcorn eschaton did i get your podcast right
3: yes sir you did
0: okay cuz i intentionally didn't look it up i was like my memory can handle okay. this i can't talk today but my memory can handle it so uh and you brought today's film to our attention i assume well mark and i haven't heard of it i'm assuming luke had had not heard of this film i had not yeah that i would have been kind of surprised if you did so uh john you brought this one to us which is relatively pertinent for the the current situation and a recalibration of our our podcasting so uh How did you come across this one?
3: Yeah, so uh, Salt of the Earth from 1954 um, is a movie that I had known about for a long time, um, but I'd only seen it uh, earlier this year. And, you know, it's sort of a notorious movie made during the height of the Red Scare in the 50s by people a notably writer Michael Wilson and uh director Herbert J Biberman who were blacklisted and so they sort of said hey what can they do to us lock us lock us up for contempt again and they made um a stridently pro-union pro-labor anti-capitalist movie uh, about um in actuality it was a copper mine strike uh in New Mexico um, organized by largely Mexican American miners, um, and it's firmly on the side of of the strikers. And it's the pretty much at at this point the only movie in Hollywood history to look at um, how a strike works, how a union works, how uh, organized action can be effective, and it also. Uh, takes a look at how sort of the the, the internet intersectionality of being like um like a, a a woman minority in a poor community and how that affects both your status in society and um and your relationship to organized labor.
0: yeah I was thinking of the only like something similar I'd seen in film to this, which is 15 I mean I saw the movie this year, but 15 years ago, ocean's 12 has this really stupid sequence of Casey Affleck, like starting, accidentally starting la- a labor strike in similar conditions, which, um, puts a wrinkle in their, their heist plans or whatever. Or is that mm. Ocean's 13? It's one of the Ocean's movies. Maybe it's 13, but, uh, yeah, I was like, that's such a like kind of goofy, funny version of this. You would kind of expect it to be the other way around where they didn't take it seriously in 1954 and did, you know, in the 21st century. But, uh, I, yeah. that's I mean, Hollywood for you. <laughs> the most prominent union movie,
3: especially in this decade, was on the waterfront. And that's a movie where the union is the villains and the whistleblower is the good guy. So so this is a, a completely a complete flip on that idea. And there have been union movies before, but they had always come under sort of the fire of uh, the Breen office and the Hayes Code, which, you know, were very. Yeah, you know, they had their antenna up for any even slightly communist messaging in those movies.
0: And they were communists as hard. I I mean, I think that was a the thing. They're calling us communists, so hey, let's do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. recently, the only time I've seen unions in movies has been in gangster movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like Once Upon a Time in America, which keeps coming up. Yeah. <laughs> we we basically see Treat Williams as the guy who's the union guy. We barely see anything he does except for uh he shows up on TV and Robert De Niro is like, uh, oh, he's a liar. <laughs> you know, it's just there isn't <laughs> much to it at all. It's it's almost like intentionally veiling any of that stuff. Um, yeah, like- there's
3: there's two really great union movies from later, uh Blue Collar, uh directed and written by Paul Schrader, um, which is a great movie. But that that deals more with the like three guys who are Really, down to their luck and their relationship with how terrible their union is specific, specifically, and how the, the terrible their companies treated them. And then there's John Sales's uh, Matewan from 1987. That's an extraordinary movie about um, the the Appalachian coal war in the 1920s, where you know, like mining companies literally used airplanes to bomb strikers and like poisoned milk that the knew children would drink like they did some real war crime kind of stuff to american citizens so i uh, highly recommend that movie
0: um and like you mentioned coming in this movie kind of doubles down like hey, we're not finished with it we're not it's just not the union stuff but we're gonna toss in some uh women's rights for good measure yep. also uh the 50s not you know notoriously maybe not being the best time for women's rights Certainly so. not.
2: <laughs> well well this feels um I, I'm fully radicalized, so you know, perhaps biased. This movie feels a lot more like it is trying to tell me uh, it's trying to show me the virtues of feminism than it is trying to show me the virtues of communism. At least that's the read I get from it. Is that yeah? It, it feels like it it assumes that you don't want the women to to pick it. Where I was clearly just like, yeah, go pick because <laughs> <laughs> let the, let the women go kick all the cops asses please do but um but also it takes the very uh, probably radical for the time perspective of the men learn things in this yeah. <laughs> they they do and people talk to each other and really these are uh probably some of the best most realistic realized characters in any film that we've watched for this podcast so far i feel like the, the dialogue's very natural people joke with each other uh, people seem to respect each other who work together they, they discuss I don't know they discuss their biases openly well yeah, there's, there's, lo- there's-,
1: there's lots of little character moments that like I don't usually expect to see when I watch films this old just little jokes between characters who are not even major characters little things it's yeah, it is very well made. And and it's usually when we watch a film this old, we point out something that's missing. And I couldn't really spot anything this time. um, It's really interesting.
2: Surprised.
3: Like, you know, how um, it's a testament to the film's naturalism, because it's definitely influenced by like, like European neorealist movies of, of, you know, like the, the late 40s and early 50s and uh, and that helps bring out those character moments especially in the script and in how it's filmed in such a naturalistic way because so many of these actors are you know non-professionals they were actual miners um from the area uh, and so with that that like you don't need professional actors to to communicate the story because it's so like ingrained in these uh people's experiences and you can see that on screen like the the woman who plays esperanza and then, like a, um, like one of the the cops and the um, like the union, the company representative, like those are the only professional actors on the movie. Everybody else was like friendly locals or uh, actual miners.
0: That's Rosaura. Oh man, I I just got my dug my hole for myself for pronouncing her name. Sorry, yeah. Revelatos. I I'm sure I didn't get that correct at all. But yeah, this is the only movie she made in America. She would have made more movies in America, but they yeah. didn't let her make any after this
3: because she was, she was a, actually uh, she was deported because of this movie.
2: Mm. I guess yeah, I could... this is oh, yeah. not going to be much of a stepping stone for anybody, unfortunately. no, no. Um, yeah. except for except for onto our podcast. There you
0: go. Yeah, I mean, is we're a, looking at 60 years later, 70 years later, you know, sure. Why seven,
2: not? The <laughs> 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb, which is higher than our usual uh, things that we bring ourselves.
0: Well, we've been, you know, especially after Halloween, we've definitely upped the schlock button, which is fun. You know, you don't, you yeah. want to watch fun, creepy, stupid stuff for October, which is most, I mean, I, I, we had a few good choices, I, mean, I think, but it, it, you know, we're watching goofier stuff. So now we have to come crashing yeah. back down to, to Earth with a serious movie. Um. Before I get too far, I this is this is one where I probably should read the plot in case someone didn't watch it, but it is mm-hmm. very much on YouTube and you can watch it in
2: yeah, reasonable-ish quality. And I, I would I'll recommend say. it even if you think you won't like it. I think that if you if you if you like the idea of of like a, a gripping drama, then definitely watch this. But, but there's a tab on, on Wiki
0: here that just says the full film that you can click on, so I guess you could do that if you uh-huh. wanted. But uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Working conditions at Delaware Zinc in Zinc Town, New Mexico started bad and are only getting worse. The union strikes, the company refuses to negotiate, and worker Ramon Quintero is unjustly beaten by police and imprisoned while his wife Esperanza gives birth to their third child. The company in- obtains a legal injunction that bars the miners from picketing, so the women of the community take their place on the picket line instead. Ramon will not allow Esperanza to join the other ladies, but she eventually does so anyway, new baby in hand. The man, that's the man with a capital M, of course, responds by temporarily tossing the leading women and their children into jail. The final straw comes the next day as the company attempts to evict the Quintero family from their company-owned home. The community stands up in solidarity to fight the eviction which finally drags the company to the bargaining table. No proletariat revolution quite yet, though, at least not in this movie. But I guess that's the difference between this and, say, like an Eisenstein. This, that one would end with your your uh, revolution.
2: You know, and <laughs> it ends realistically. Mm. It's realism. Yes,
0: yeah. yes.
1: It's yeah. I was just wondering about... Without- that automatically meaning like hopeless and miserable, which is often what realistic means when people use that word to describe films.
0: I suppose there's yeah. supposed to be a glimmer of hope,
1: that sort of thing.
2: Well, yeah, it's like there is. They they s- struck. They, yeah, they they were won, on the right? strike. Yeah, they won the strike after what was it? Seven months? Eight? A little more um, than, than six several for months. Sure.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. In real life, the strike was. Successful as much as a a, a strike uh, from Mexican American miners can be in in the 1950s mm-hmm. in America. Although, because I mean, if you're of if you're brothers. our age,
2: if you're Ma- Myan and Matt's age, um, you know w- one of the earliest strikes we heard about was the Eastern Airlines strike, which basically Reagan just destroyed. Yeah, everything over it. Well, I'm uh, in from Europe,
1: where strikes regularly work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what an idea yeah you know in historical uh retrospect like that action by reagan like was really sort of the death knell for union action for the like the next 35 years in america un- unfortunately mm-hmm. and so we're getting a real resurgence in an, over the last five years uh, thankfully and I, and I so i think the conversation around this movie has has increased um during that time
2: it's sort of a similar situation now where things have gotten so bad that they that it's like we need action and that's exactly what this film is it's just things get so bad and then they continue to get worse until, yeah, but just in the states it it's that whole like dream of the
0: 90s you know well that's when mark and i were running around as teenagers nobody cares everything's mm-hmm. great you would why would anybody need to strike but yeah um when i started trying to get a job in america i mean i live in japan now partly because just every job i got was kind of a uh you know felt like a scam and there there were no unions to join i mean i've never been part of a union so
2: uh <laughs> i have for one year a mixed bag but it right. wasn't a particularly strong union and mm. it was a, a film industry related thing and they went on strike and didn't get very much for it uh, a couple of years ago and that's unrelated to this strike
0: right so bummer story uh i, I was this... in a
1: supermarket union for like nine years but i mean we still had absolutely miserable wages
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah i remember when uh, the supermarket chain publics came to town and they were in, non-union and there are people striking outside for like protesting a non-union grocery store coming to town that wouldn't happen now That's like early 90s actually I, I you know my, my parents just came to visit and my
0: mom was so happy to give me this Publix bag from Georgia um <laughs> <laughs> Boo. And, and no, actually it's, like, it's cool I have pumpkins on it no no it's fine she's like oh Publix is good because it's owned by the employees i'm like what does that mean does is that their excuse for not having a union or something <laughs> is it is it a co-op i'm not i'm not even sure
2: i don't think so
0: um
2: well maybe it's like moog where they were owned 49 by the employees um I'm sure Matt knows what I'm talking about, but uh, to any of the other listeners, basically the oldest synthesizer company in the in the world that's the most important was bought out and then subsequently destroyed, and all their employees were fired, or most of them were, and uh, manufacturing was entirely moved from U.S. to uh, China. So, oh really? (laughs) I didn't know that. Glad I. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. The the factory there's all these memes where the fact the Moog factory has a spirit Halloween sign on it. (laughs) oh yeah
0: okay yeah that
2: that's that's you you just hang on to your voyager over there bud yeah (laughs) you hang on to it
0: but anyway talk about the whole public thing i was just like okay let's be straight there are several things that my mom said in the car as a relatively old lady that i would not want to repeat on this podcast so now i'm curious if that's like a veiled comment about it actually being quite horrible that it's owned by the employees
4: (laughs) hmm
1: Anyway, I, I, I guess have I heard companies described as like owned by the employees before. Um, but I've never, yeah, I'm also not usually quite sure what it means. The Jenkins I, family yeah.
2: holds a major stake in the company. However, the operation is entirely employee owned. I don't know what that means.
3: <laughs> yeah. that. Well, I you know. mean, yeah, t- typically like that, that's described, at least in America, as a co op. So that, oh, uh, the... 80%. Oh, okay, I'm
2: sorry. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. Jenkins family owns 80%. The employees oh. own the rest. Oh, Employee-owned okay. company.
0: They own the scraps. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So when a when the employees
3: own the majority of the company, that that means that you know the company can't make any decisions without the em, employees' consent. So that's you know advantageous to a local community. So so let's say in a socialist utopia <laughs> or something, <laughs> uh, the the citizens of Detroit. Would own the the car manufacturers that are there, so that the citizens of Detroit would then have to approve any time that factory would be moved out of town or out of country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so and theoretically, it would be very beneficial for Detroit to have the citizens own that factory because who would vote to have their own jobs be vacated? Yeah. So that's why a co op is typically like a coffee shop where there's f- fifteen or twenty employees. -hmm.
2: Yeah, there there are a couple of game companies that operate like that. Um, I believe the the guys who make Dead Cells are a co op, and there are a couple of other ones I can't think of off the top of my head. But yeah, it's that's something that probably should be more prevalent. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was assuming we would get onto video games eventually on this podcast because that is definitely a an industry where unionization is badly needed.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one of the most exploited group of people to, on Earth right now, but aside from I mean, VFX artists.
0: Yeah, I was just reading an article this morning about that, where it's like, what, September? Just like two months ago is when all the Marvel VFX people actually decided maybe we should start. Well, I started a union. I guess they'd already been thinking about mm-hmm. it, but yeah. Well, they voted. Like, yeah. That late in the game? That's crazy. It was two months ago.
1: Well, I remember not, reading about busy. back in Endgame, um, like the scene where Tony Stark's dying. They didn't do any makeup on set because makeup artists are unionized and VFX people are not, mm-hmm. so it made more sense financially to just like special effects is face on.
2: It's it's yeah, yeah that's a, apparently very common with those films. Yeah. You imagine just <laughs> if you imagine that all that stuff all that junk at the end looking just 20 percent better just because they paid yeah. for it
3: <laughs> <laughs> what an idea you know because i work at a, a comic book store and you know that's another industry where the artists and creators of all that you know superhero content have been historically uh ravaged for their you know, intellectual property and, you know, still there's creators who are being exploited and not credited, you know, like how many writers and artists get actual writing credits in Marvel movies? It's like zero, Mm -hmm. even though they created those characters that are up there. And, you know, recently this um, company called Aftershock Comics um, declared bankruptcy and um, they had sold several of their um comics as options to various streaming companies and you know the creators got absolutely zero notice for that and because they declared bankruptcy they're not even going to get paid for the work making those comics but they could just get away with that because there's no comic book creator union
0: i believe that's called getting fingered as, yeah as, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well if, if that's not the official term it should i be. get it
1: <laughs> i've recently been um reading really and watching a lot of stuff about like image comics and todd mcfarlane and how they broke away from marvel because of all of that stuff
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then as soon as todd mcfarlane was in charge he started treating his writers and i yeah, the exact yeah. same way like...
3: he's a real hypocrite mm. and he sucks
0: that's
2: the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the you, absolute, you to... absolute power thing you know <laughs> yeah. it's one thing to, to hear about like the creators of superman dying penniless um you know 80 years after nobody thought comic books were going to do anything but then there's stuff where I don't know Ed Brubaker created Winter Soldier back when comic book movies were not a huge deal and then you know he's still alive still putting out really good stuff and sees the 300 million dollar whatever 15 movie deal with uh, Sebastian Stan and probably gets nothing out of that or very little Titled
1: after the character he created
2: Uh Mm uh-huh so that's yeah that's that's awful
1: what I always hate with that conversation is when you bring it up to like a comic book fan and their argument is like, well, they signed the contract, it's legal, and it's the old... yeah, legal doesn't mean good and right. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. I mean, you could, yeah, you could go down a wormhole of a record label stuff. Like, there's a I just saw an article that record labels are going to try to make it hard or impossible for artists to re record any of their music within well, whatever they... 30 years because that is (laughs) infuriating anything about it like they've just you know that you if you care about music if any music at all you've you've loved an artist who's been just absolutely screwed by a record label at some point record labels have turned yeah record labels have
3: turned the most famous musician in the world to a champion of the little guy Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah, exactly
4: (laughs)
0: Well, it's a better than the time when they tried to do that with Trump. If you're far right,
2: <laughs> the champion, wow. the little guy, Donald Trump, what? Huh? <laughs> I Honestly, you know, I would, I would trust Taylor Swift to do like a fall test for me, a stranger much more than I would trust Donald Trump to even um, what buy me a hot dog. If, if he owed me a thousand dollars,
0: be a fantastic hot dog the best i'm sorry that was a messed
2: up that, metaphor
1: but you know. i was about to say that metaphor was uh, not fully formed when you started opening your mouth <laughs> we it was could
0: the hot like dog of metaphors you thinking we could see you thinking as it was happening and it was kind of stressful yeah. to be honest
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to keep you guys on your toes
0: um for me i don't know uh if this resonated with you the thing i guess you know like oh labor stuff of course i've seen some of that but the one that really got me was when they first are talking about the fact that they might get kicked off of their land, and the one guy just kind of mumbles like, "My grandfather on this land," you know, yeah, and I'm was, like, "Whoa, that's because yeah. they don't reference that a whole lot." That you know, this isn't the only issue with with uh, this community.
1: Well, that gets into the one thing that I do find kind of weird about this whole movie is like they're talking about this was our land, we were here first, and the Anglos came, but they're like the Spanish, right? They're not the
2: Mayans. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's yeah, a, yeah, of, a, there's a whole
3: <laughs> line of exploitation. Um yeah. Y- y- oh, yeah, I think by this point the Mexican people were uh, very much like a, a mixed people yeah. as opposed to the, the Spanish. But yeah, y- yeah, this this area of the world, you know, was conquered several times and the Americans were just as of this point the last to do it
1: yeah i mean the, but, uh, but I, the mexicans that i know do identify more with they identify with that country and its history more than they do the you know the europeans who came over
4: yeah
0: and that, that's kind of how i read that situation i was basically um yeah they're, they're, they probably are mixed but i was thinking of people that have been there well of course this is also mm. new mexico you know it's it's better than mm. old mexico it's a new one so new <laughs> and improved mexico um <laughs> this
2: this is more about racism than it is about yeah. uh land ownership and really it's kind yeah, of yeah, a, yeah. it's kind of a refreshing look at racism because people sort of talk about it openly and it's, there's not a there there are obviously are some highly dramatized like but but the part where um the the early on in the film when the guy says well if you won't do it I'll find an american and the music goes dun dun, dun and then I put in my notes, an American wouldn't do that, ha, ha, ha. And then immediately they talk about how Americans aren't going to do that. (laughs) So so it's, you know, pretty realistic as far as I can, I don't know.
1: It was a more realistic racism racism than a lot of racism films end up being.
3: There is frequent talk about how, you know, the Anglo miners have better treatment, better pay. In other camps they might have running water. What an idea. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's that's sort of you know bigotry. A- and and racism is used as a way to manipulate the Anglo miners. So yes, that's such money, a good point that's, when that's they, they bring that up. Yeah, the mining company can say, Well, we're paying you more than the these Mexicans, so you should feel lucky for how fortunate and well treated you
1: are. And then he makes the great point that's like, well, then yeah, then equality is going to help both of us.
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that's, an, yeah that's an issue addressed uh, really well in in 1 when um, the okay. the the white miners go on strike, and so then the company brings in African American scabs mm. to work the mine, so to, to create strife between different populations of miners.
1: Well, I, I mean, a lot of racism exists because. There's a class divide. And so people at the bottom of the, the class divide are like, well, who can I kick down to other oh, races, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then in those races, who can I kick down to the women, right? And she, again, that's, this film even addresses that's,
0: that. Yeah. It's like, like someone well, this, thought about the maybe. script or Michael Wilson thought about the script as he was writing it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the nice thing of this being basically completely unhinged from Hollywood, Yeah. um, you have these creatives finally just like well we can do whatever we want so uh, of course i got kicked out of a few Mm. towns in the process uh filming this like towns were like you know film here and you'll leave in black boxes i think it's literally one of the quotes
2: well people were shooting firing guns over the set while they were filming it or over the field um but this reminds me of citizen kane in a way in that way where it's it it (laughs) Is good because somebody was just allowed to make something pure, yeah. And, and that's that like, really. If you yeah. think about it, like we could have had a lot of movies this good, and we probably yeah. were robbed of them because of the uh, just how things were, the establishment. And it, it like also this, makes
3: yeah. me, you know, like frustrated when you know if a movie from the '60s or '70s exhibits a certain kind of racism. And, you know, audience will be like, well, that's just, you know, that was normal for the time. Mm. And this is a movie made in 1954 where it was acknowledging that it's normal for the time and that's bad. Um, Mm. So it's it's maybe we shouldn't. I'm not I I don't want to certainly I don't want to censor any movies. I don't want to excise them from the record, but I don't think we should be making excuses for racism just because it was. 40 years ago i think mean, we we should be free to acknowledge it when, it, when we
1: see it yeah absolutely mm-hmm. another point i was gonna say it was like the closest film we've had to like a film that tries to talk about these kind of issues recently was like barbie this year mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. so like manacled by the fact that it's a corporate property that yeah. they're like we'll pay lip service to all these ideas but like but no 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 everything's fine though
0: Luke, I was about to say, like, uh, I, I was like, I'll let Luke go first. But I was about to say, uh, as you know, I juxtaposed movies like Weirdo and was actually juxtaposing this with a rewatch of Barbie. <laughs> so I'd watch, like, 20 minutes of this and then 20 minutes of Barbie. And, and, and like, what you're oh, saying, man. I was like, What's well, they both have an angle. But Barbie, yeah, Barbie seems a little blunted because it can't say just, like, rip Mattel down because Mattel's, you know... um, <laughs> owns the ip or whatever so
1: yeah so before can... i went and saw barbie people have been talking about it like oh it's this feminist masterpiece and then you watch the film and it's like yeah sure they mention a lot of buzzwords but at the end of the day what do they actually do nothing because they're still trying to sell dolls to little girls
3: but i think that's the advantage of, of using a director like greta gerwig Who's able to communicate, you know, feminist and anti-patriarchy messages in like a big sparkly fun musical. And yeah, it's not going to be as as nuanced or you know as gritty as, as salt of the earth. But if we can if if a movie can have a bell hooks joke and make a billion dollars, I think that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I did like and appreciate my video. I'm not yeah. trying to shit on it completely, yeah. but it's just The way people talked about it compared to what it actually was.
0: Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. So, saw Saw the Earth is quite double barreled. I mean, like again, like I was saying, if you just took on women's rights this hard, or just took on labor rights this hard, that's already a movie, and it could be a very good movie. But this is like no, both same time go ninety minutes. It's
2: great. (laughs) It's a it's a discussion with itself and with the audience. Yeah, it's pretty brilliant, Um, and. Obviously, like I said, I don't need to be I don't need to be pitched feminism or socialism, but I I appreciate that this the audience this movie was talking to, however small that audience probably actually was, because probably like fifty people saw this until nineteen seventy something when it kind of yeah. came out for real. <laughs> uh
0: I found the vote tallies interesting because uh, when they vote to go on strike, it's like 193 to five. I'm like, who are those five assholes? But yeah. when it's, <laughs> when, but when that's it's, it's sort of realistic, right? I mean, it's, yeah.
2: it's, um, and then the, the numbers come back when it's vote, when the vote comes up for the women to go on strike and it's just almost even. And then right, everyone's kind like of 130, grumble, 105.
0: Grumble. Right. Right. It's,
2: you know, it's very dramatic and interesting. And, uh, and the women get get to do their thing, and they destroy cars, and it rules. Anyway, in, yeah, yeah, I'm just getting excited thinking about it. I yeah. also
0: found interesting that they make the company, of course, look like a bunch of um, insensitive pricks. Um, but mm-hmm. the real vitriol in this movie seems to be for for the uh, law enforcement, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the sheriff, you know, you don't trust the smiling sheriff. They're, you know, it's not... I mean the company's obviously asking them to do this, but it you know, it's the, the stormtroopers that uh, have to come in and, mm. and I mean they seem very happy well, to be doing it as well. But I guess that's the creepy part.
1: Oh yeah, the police but, exist to defend capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, well, this is, this is one of the most accurate depictions of police in a film. That's the yeah, funny the thing, they're... is that
2: or funny, I don't know if funny is the right word. The scene where they're beating Ramon is completely Wild for a film of this vintage, but it's exactly what we'd expect from a movie now, Mm. or maybe even from 20 years ago.
3: Yeah, you know, they, they, it takes like four police officers to repossess a radio from a pregnant woman, you know.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I
3: also, she um, she
1: even says in that scene, right? Like, no, they want you to start a fight. Yeah. And
3: honestly, I think that's what um, the police want now you know yeah. they know yeah. they're being filmed um and so if you're protesting racist action by the police they want the world to see how violent they they can retaliate against protesters i
2: mean i um, live right near cop city i'm sure you've heard of that yeah um i have not cop city cop maybe city
0: you to, maybe i explain that
2: <laughs> oh well they're uh, trying to tear down a huge amount of forest to build a training facility that's not necessary and is in fact just a massive milita- militarization facility with you know i think they're getting a tank or something oh but so they're not protesting just re- they, <laughs> they're they, not they
0: sh- rebooting the police academy movies then
2: they shot a protester 37 Dang. times who had their hands up okay and, uh they said that they said that protester shot first uh their body cams they didn't have body cams the uh georgia state patrol um, then th- there is, a, an audio that was caught where someone says you shot one of your own. <laughs> that, that is on, on tape. Um, okay. the, 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 uh, officers were not prosecuted for that murder. Um, the, the protests are still ongoing. The protests are going on all over the country about this because everyone knows that, um, Atlanta had already in advance booked other like police from other parts of the country to use that training facility. Uh, there are a lot of contracts. It, it's it's a
1: huge thing. So yeah, and it's basically a for-profit exercise.
2: You know, one of the slogans is Cop City will never be built, and I hope that holds true. But I'm also uh, too fragile to go down there and and get beat to death protesting it. But I respect everyone who everyone who does and uh, to quote Cop City.
1: Oh, that's a question Definitely. we should ask. Then, um, what protests have we all been to?
0: Very little, unfortunately. When I was working with hippies, I went to a couple um, anti-golf, not golf, well, whatever that one was in two thousand three, the second golf war in Portland, Maine. We go. There were a few weekends we went and hung out there, but then after that, we go get a nice dinner. So I don't know. It feels a little disingenuous. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I walked you out of and then go get a nice dinner. <laughs> I walked out of middle school because of the Rodney King beating. I don't know if that counts. Mm. Probably not, but
3: yeah, I-, I went to a couple during the that um, glut of protests after George Floyd.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That was pretty intense.
1: Yeah, I went to. I also went to um, Iraq War ones, although I was 13 and skipping school to go to them. Yeah, I
3: I went but, to. Uh, actually i was in college when those were happening and um yeah me and a couple friends went to new york and we did absolutely nothing to prevent the war so that i no. kind of dis- disillusioned me i protested for a while
0: uh, yeah. also we were like driving by it's like hey we should you know we didn't hear about it we should join that so we just went and you know we didn't really plan it we just ended up there
2: mm-hmm. i mean i have friends who who protest a lot and i respect them tremendously i'm an insanely anxious person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I a guess. Coward. Uh, you know, the anti-protest
0: kind of uh, when Obama was inaugurated and people were like, you know, super happy about it at the time, at least. Uh, I, I I went to Centennial Park in Atlanta where they were having like kind of a big shindig for that. That was kind of that was like an anti-protest though. People were happy.
2: That's. I think that's a celebration. Yeah. That's. A, but yeah. But it's, it's
0: like a political <laughs> celebration. I guess. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm trying, to, I mean, trying to stretch the taffy on this question, I guess.
2: It's not without risk, considering how many racists were super down for violence after we got a black president. Yeah, for
0: sure. And the Deep South, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> although Atlanta, I guess, could say a waiver from being the Deep South, but uh... yeah, who the
1: hell knows? <laughs> I see a lot of protests here in Japan, but it's like protests about foreign wars just just in the street where no one involved is. I respect hmm. them, I like it, but it's like I don't know what they're hoping to achieve by just standing outside Nakano train station and protesting like, There's the a lot Gaza of a
0: nuclear protests I guess that's a little more pertinent Those are fairly government. regular,
1: yeah, and obviously you see those in Hiroshima where it does make sense
0: We also have the political trucks that roll around blasting uh, slogans, so that kind of sucks <laughs> Yeah, I've <laughs> like always sometimes... said
1: when I, when I can vote here, I'll vote for whichever party doesn't have a truck Driving around blasting out slogans,
0: yeah, especially where you live. <laughs> I, I, you know, I get them a little more rarely. There's a big bridge like about 50 100, 100 meters from my house. So, usually, if I get annoyed by one, it's because it's over there and my window's open. So, yeah, I mean,
1: actually, and I, I know exactly what party I'm voting for when I get my citizenship because Japan still has a functional communist party. So, <laughs> amazing, oh, <right>? yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, think-
3: I, I, I I do wonder like in salt of the Earth um I know the this uh the this mining union that the movie is based on they they were kicked yeah. out of the larger union organization for for apparent communist ties and so I wonder how many of these people would have identified as communists at the time because I think most of the world identified communism with like stalinism and and yeah, yeah. maoist ideas so it's so even if you fit the definition of a communist you might not even for yourself might not want to call yourself that because of the stigma of the term you know because i think it's it's certainly politically like in america political suicide to call yourself a communist or even a socialist but i, I would assume at the time it it would just like that that's just a nonstream. It, it wouldn't
1: be political suicide, it would be literal suicide. You would be yeah. shot.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, today, like, ask the average person on the street what communism means, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, communists are the people who want the they want black women in video games or whatever. Like it's <laughs> no one knows what the word even means. Yeah. And you ask like people can be very, very communist, but they would never describe themselves as that. Mm-hmm. Because communist it just means bad. It just means bad and different.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah. we, we don't even talk about populism like it's a thing and populism was sort of this huge overlap with the Trump thing even though all of that was lies but still it's like mm. a lot of what people wanted from Trump was sort of a version of socialism twisted through a weird funhouse mirror <laughs> i don't well, that's, that's it it's like so messed up
1: the thing which quote unquote liberals refuse to admit is that working people have genuine concerns and Trump was never going to fix them but at least he addressed them right yeah, what basically. they actually need is communism but yeah they're not going to get that they're going to get Hillary Clintons and Joe Biden saying like no 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 status quo is fine let's carry on as is i very and That's why like in, in
3: 2016 you heard a lot of people say well i'd vote for either Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump it's mm. so, like yeah, like, I, it sounds like it's, you're not paying attention to the substance of their <laughs> arguments, but but that that the, the the sort of everyman appeal of both of those guys, you know, hit, hit a, hit a core for people, even though Trump was literally crapping in a golden toilet, like it's literal. It's
2: <laughs> I, I honestly feel like this honestly ties into Hollywood having way too much sway over us is because we almost don't have a left and right. We have a feel good and feel angry. Well, yeah, yeah, the the
1: so-called American left would be considered right in Europe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember is Bill Hicks or George Carlin because I was playing them both in the car recently. But, you know, the idea like, hey, vote for me, says the puppet here. Vote for me, says the other puppets, the same motherfucker could draw on the puppets.
1: (laughs) Well, Matt, you had a line that you often use, which I assume you stole from somewhere. But you would always say that um, Hillary won the vote, but Bernie won the argument.
0: Did I say that? Yeah. That sounds too smart Yeah, you used for me. to say
1: that a lot. Yeah, that's, that's why I assumed you stole it from a podcast or something. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> good good but, job
3: stealing yeah, that. That's good. Yeah, I, you know, like in America, I, I think the Republican Party or you know what it's mutated into for over the last 40 years um, has done such a good job of shifting the conversation in the political center in America to the right. And the Democratic Party has failed... To come up with a way to pull it back and so the democratic party is just so dedicated to like keeping things the status quo and so we're going to keep people like joe biden in power even though they have no fresh ideas and they're 80 years old that they, they they have no answer to you know maga rhetoric and so it's very frustrating you know mm-hmm. when you know, people want gun control or healthcare or whatever, but neither party has has a solution.
2: And and you can see that if any effort is put forth by those specific Democrats, they have to stealth it. Like, remember when yep. Obama ran on "I approve of civil unions, but not gay marriage," and then he had to slip it in five years later. It's just sort of this thing yep. where that would have been political suicide in two thousand eight, which is wild. Something that is completely well, should be completely legal. Is completely legal. Some places was considered suicide. 20
0: years behind last year's yeah. um head. Uh, last year, last week's headline was the prime minister giving a very wishy-washy uh, statement. Well, since it's illegal, it probably shouldn't happen. Says my very conservative party.
2: Meanwhile, <laughs> but, the uh, Guitar Wolf's movie Wild Zero was a super pro-trans movie about. 25 years ago oh well, yeah, yeah we're it. talking um, culture japan, versus politics yeah yeah, yeah that's such a fascinating thing about place.
3: japan is the 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 cultural the laissez-faire culture but the um like political conservatism
1: yeah people are just not actually very interested in the mainstream politics or the law like even generally like there's what the law says and there's what everyone agrees is the law in japan with, with a lot of things like with um uh, it's not a very big example but at all of the train stations there's the escalators and everyone stands on one side so that people can go walking on the the free side all of the official rules are like please do not walk on the escalators but Mm. the accepted rule is you stand to one side so people can walk on the escalator and that's just how japan treats everything it doesn't matter what the rules say it's what everyone agrees is the rule
2: I live in I live in the United States where somebody just stands in the middle of the escalator and you have to say excuse me and maybe they'll listen to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I guess the recent thing would be for the pandemic uh everybody in Japan was basically following the protocol but there was no policy or law. I mean there's a policy but there was no like mm-hmm. you know law or statute in place for that stuff.
1: Oh yeah, they I mean, actually just, they it... dropped the mask sort of su- suggestion or whatever you want to call it. And for about a month, everyone stopped wearing masks. And I've noticed most people are just wearing them again now because I guess they were like, oh, we stopped wearing masks and people are catching COVID. So I guess we should just put them back on.
3: But I mean, that's the thing in that's in um, East Asian culture is to, to wear a mask when you're sick. Yeah. I was hoping maybe more countries in the West would sort of adopt that, but um, nope.
2: You know, part of why I got COVID in March 2020 was because I was worried about it but I was afraid that if I wore a mask people would stare at me. And uh I got covid. So <laughs> um and you know people stared at me for wearing a mask for the 3 years afterwards. <laughs> th- th- and the end. No, I, I, I know COVID where I got
0: my covid. That was a uh, in a in a class a 5-year-old girl coughing on me for 50 minutes straight and oh, yeah. 2 days later oh, yeah. I had it. So yeah, I was like, okay, I know where I got that from.
4: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> so um, that was a
2: yeah. Um, film. So I have an important question. Oh yeah, go for mm-hmm. that first. Luke, is there a, a Pokemon game with Zinc Town?
1: Um, not quite. I think all the towns in Gold and Silver were named after metals, and all the towns in Ruby and Sapphire are named after ores. But I don't think any of them were as obvious as Zinc. All right.
2: <laughs> I, thought you were gonna I just ask had him, to check.
0: I thought you were going to ask him. If there's a Pokemon game with a labor strike.
1: Uh, there is a Pokemon game where the bad guy team are like trying to basically get all the Pokemon to go on strike, but then it turns out that it's just because they want no one else to have Pokemon so that they can be unopposed.
0: Uh, so that's kind of the opposite it of salt of the right. earth, then.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, when you sent me the YouTube link and it's a film called Salt of the Earth and it said documentary, for a brief second, I genuinely thought we were watching a documentary about salt.
2: i thought wasn't doesn't salt of the earth mean older people but at the end the quote was about it was about children or the salt of the earth
0: okay that's a good point i've never really when you if you salt the earth it dies right
2: yeah it's a a confusing idiom for sure (laughs) children salt the earth i
0: I, have been thinking like what exactly does that mean You, you know i like i kind of have a vague understanding of what it means but yeah like now we're like okay let's
2: define it i'm like didn't make any sense. Uh-huh. The first result, <laughs> yeah. uh noun, one, a most worthy person, two, a decent, dependable, unpretentious person.
0: Okay. So but then, just but cool then, be able. then Their, their a...
2: kids are cool, man. They went to jail. They were just like sticking their tongue out at the cops. These kids were oh. down.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Just uh before, before I, you know, start getting to any concluding things, I just have to throw in one thing where I was giggling a little bit in this movie. When uh, the kids are like, hey, the scab's over the hill. And then it turns into like a Western with no horses for like three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, they're just running around chasing each other in the desert. And I'm like, this is a Western with no horses. That, I found that weirdly amusing. So, okay, that was my thought, thought there. Um, yeah, that was. Of course, we're still in the, the Netherlands of not the top 100 or the bottom 100, but let's put this on the uh, how much of film, how much filth i mean this to me oh man yeah i'm watching it on digital on it i feel the filmy quality coming through maybe because of that uh you know um
2: realistic style i forgot the proper I, name for that i was surprised i mean i'm realism. i'm usually realism the pro old i'm one of the pro old film people i was surprised at how much i enjoyed this i liked it more than a lot of the top guys
0: yeah, it took 20 minutes to click, but then I was like, oh, this actually is something like a little different, so that's uh, a big plus.
1: It's absolutely a film, although I think it was officially filth in the eyes of the you know, film boards at the time of the, release. It's the only yeah.
0: film to be blacklisted. I mean, people were huh, blacklisted, the but this only is the one. only film to be blacklisted, apparently. Yeah, because they couldn't make wow. them otherwise. This is very much guerrilla filmmaking, so... Nice. Yeah, and, and you
3: know, uh, um, the Her- Herbert J. Bear, uh, Biberman wasn't, you know, he was a, 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 um, you know, a, a kind of a jobber director, but Michael Wilson, he, uh, he has uncredited writing, um, writing credits. Well, he's uncredited on, um, Bridge Over the River Kwai and Lawrence of Arabia and A Place in the Sun. Like, he's a big deal right. talent, mm-hmm. uh, and so for him to have to like hide that because of his political affiliations is Really sad, and you have to wonder how many other people were stifled, um, or or continued to be stifled for their for their beliefs, in in America.
0: Um, there is only one one star review for this. It's kind of yeah. long. I think I'll just read the first paragraph and the last paragraph, and and please wait till I finish to start yelling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've already read it. Go ahead. Doesn't take long for communist theme to emerge. Dale Holmgren, okay. I love that communists are blacklisted, not by Congress, but by Hollywood, for agreeing with Leninism, which one of its founding tenets is that capitalist countries must be violently overthrown. Then they go out and make a film that proves they are communists. Uh, He goes on for quite a while. It's hard to know which is more wretched, the script, the acting, or the editing, reminiscent of Tommy Wiseau's The Room. But of all, above all, the wretchedness is in the ham-handed depiction of unions is all good. Illinois has lost tens of thousands of jobs to the South because it is not a right-to-work state. It pushes out non-union companies. So oh, I
1: see I- this, uh, this writer has another review uh, for a restaurant. He says, the boot is very delicious. Uh, I could eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh,
0: 7 out of 38 found it helpful, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, so anyway, that's that's just one to, you know... Uh, obviously, this person is coming from a different place than the people on mm-hmm. this podcast are. So
2: The, the idea... You, I know you guys haven't seen The Room yet. Uh, John, have you seen The Room?
3: I have... The, the uh, idea this that this is, is, <laughs> is
2: the idea that this is as bad as the room is completely insane. Yeah <laughs> yeah like I
0: mean I
3: mean the just conceptually, the room is a work of an egomaniacal uh hack with with a lot of money to to burn. This is the work of a group of like-minded individuals coming together at great risk for themselves professionally and physically to try and and make art um yeah yeah, like like, this is the kind of thing you would hope for to to come out of movie like even if this isn't like your your cup of tea it's kind of a beautiful thing that these people were so passionate that they wanted Mm -hmm. to make this movie together
2: i mean if someone made a trump movie that was this good i'd at least be like well it's at least watchable well, yeah, because people do
1: try and make Trump movies, and they're all god awful, all
2: terrible. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just clear, yeah. It's so clear cut; you can see the trailers for them, and you're just like, oh, they yeah. obviously hired someone. They just had their friend edit it using a fr- freeware. It's just so obvious.
1: Well, yeah, because anyone's, oh, fuck it, I just say it. Anyone smart and talented would not have those opinions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree.
0: Uh... <laughs> Hey Mark, do you do you want to do a
2: 10? Yeah. Oh, uh hold on, hold on a second. I was I was just going to read
0: that. I was I was just going to read like four of the headlines. I thought that gets the point across cuz there's a lot of 10s for this. There's only one 1, lots of 10s, so more than just a blacklisted film banned in the USA. That's like the Two Live Crew. I like that. Seen <laughs> today, this is not at all a controversial <laughs> film.
1: Uh I wish that were true. Time.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah wish is it's maybe wishful thinking but um yes oh. a very precious and resonant look at what hollywood might have been as we were kind of saying at, at the top there so um at least yeah be, i I think people who dig film will get this movie uh, especially right now which was kind of i guess the point of, of doing it so mm.
1: <laughs> so did this film have like a life as a vhs tape that's being taken into union meetings and shown or was it totally just buried in a desert
0: somewhere? It definitely got buried in the I, desert for a little while. Uh let me I'll look at the legacy I'd, section.
2: I believe it was it turned into a Reef for Madness type thing where everyone's like, watch the banned film. They released it as, you know, the banned film for right. communism. And obviously people watched it and were like, Well, wow, this is so much better than Reef for Madness, which is super boring. Here's what the uh, wiki says: opinion. the film
0: The film found a new life in the 1960s and gradually reached larger audiences through union halls, women's associations, and film schools. The 50th, yeah, that's what I was assuming. Yeah, 50th yeah. anniversary of the film saw a number of commemorative conferences. Surprisingly, Noam Noam Chomsky praised the film, and that helped. Um, <laughs> uh, and then released on DVD in 1999. So it's certainly been like findable in the past 25 mm. years for sure and well hey you can watch it on youtube for no problem yep. now so
2: i mean the the film this is a little bit of a tangent but the film that really kind of radicalized me in high school was native son which was a
0: i was going to bring up the not, book about 20 minutes ago and then I did yeah
2: that's it's not a fantastic adaptation of the book but the book is fantastic and that is mm. way more overtly communist than yeah i was going to
0: say because i thought that had an interesting because uh of, of bringing the main character of that book into the communist system which I, I think was what i was going to talk about but then then there, and then oh yeah yeah yeah, is he set up for a murder star? it's been high school since i read it i i do remember it being great didn't know there was a movie so um I'll, well, i guess i'll stick with the book there though. are
2: three apparently oh. i didn't even know that this what i watched was the second one oh music by james mtume that's awesome uh yeah as matt Dillon in it
0: oh okay anyway. and elizabeth
2: mcgovern from once upon a time in america oh wow okay Anyway, it's one I of have those to keep times dropping that... those. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We're not going to get through episodes anymore without bringing up once a time in America, which is kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's
2: 300 hours long, so it just contains yeah. the entirety of the film industry.
1: You know what radicalized me? Hmm? Working that? in a supermarket for 9 years. Oh, that'll do it. That <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, my first honestly, job, was it, an was... Instrument it was a repair shop is way <laughs> off the path
0: there now Lotso bear has the blu-ray i bought of once upon a time in america and kind of regret
1: with <laughs> only five bucks <laughs> well it's
0: like it's a long movie i'll just get the blu-ray kind of oh yeah if you're it.
1: thinking like you know dollar per hour that's great value yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure. like how jrpgs used to say on the back of the box like you know 200 hours of gameplay and when you're 12 lied. that sounds like a good thing <laughs>
2: yeah that's yeah, that's just great. Yeah, two, 200 hours of random encounters for only $70. Because they were always priced higher than the other games. But, but honestly, you know, what, I should have bought one of them because they're all worth a ton of money now.
3: Uh, we were just taking turns talking about what radicalized us. Honestly, what radicalized me was um, Catholicism and Star Trek. Nice. Uh, right? No one should be rich. Uh, you know, it's harder for... A rich man to get into heaven than it is for a camel to pass to the out of a needle and then for star trek we all should be working for a society where there's no money mm-hmm. and and there's no poverty and the environment is is gleaming and clean and free pollution so so i was i was set on the course when i was like six years old
2: <laughs> yeah Probably See, feels more like a Star Trek episode than most of the things we've watched so far for this podcast. Bell Riots, twenty twenty four, three quarters of the Star Trek yeah, films. <laughs> yep. Yeah, actually, it's possibly more <laughs> Star Trek than everyone's favorite Wrath of Khan. Not that I, not that I don't love that movie, but it's that's more of like an, a Moby Dick movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rec- that's why. I that's recently, why I love four and
3: six because they're like yeah. expressly yeah, six political.
2: Is, yeah, <laughs> six is the one.
1: I've just oh, recently been yeah. getting my girlfriend into Star Trek, and she was so... I deliberately picked, like, the most over-the-top woke communist episodes. And she was like, oh, I just thought oh, it was, right. like, you know, spacemen fighting and se- having sex. I didn't know it was oh, like this. She's super into it. Oh,
2: yeah. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I,
0: I And, guess of course, for me, she,
1: knows, she knows correctly that Picard is the best.
0: No, I, I guess for me, it would also probably be track i mean well I, I know john from a track board so <laughs>
4: yeah there you go
2: it's it's not too far a stretch uh did yeah, anyone have the a great no, i was just saying the great thing is that you can there is so much trick that you can just keep taking it in and i'm watching voyager for the first time everybody knows that but nice. i keep bringing it up
0: yep okay. <laughs> um any final thoughts about this movie before we uh roll it into the tank
1: um i want to show it to all of our japanese colleagues <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. I want to show yeah. this
2: to my mom, who's <laughs> like, I think technically a conservative, but I can always reach her on the level of the uh sort of you know populism workers' rights thing. I mean she was a teacher, she was mm. in a teachers union.
1: You're in a union, you can't can't take <laughs> take, take can't take backsies.
2: My back parents are end.
1: kind of leftist but very centrist. So I'm very happy that I've radicalized my brother and sister into wishing death on lots of politicians. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: My mom said a few things in the car last week.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen what oh. your dad shares on Facebook. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think he finally learned to stop doing that. But...
1: <laughs> yeah, now he just just uh. comments on my pictures with things like, nice trees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, to his credit, he did he did say that January 6th was bad right right when it happened. Right. That's more than that's more than we got from a lot of people. We got to the point where he was like making these like Facebook
0: posts about commentators on like Fox News. So I had no idea what he was talking <laughs> about. So that was fine. I mean,
2: <laughs> it's like it's like there are people I know who make posts about sports and they'll just say the name of a person and what they and some some maneuver. I was like, OK, sure. Uh, why not? Johnson did did a 4632. OK, why not? That's like when That's people great. give you
0: their Wordle scores or whatever it is.
2: So there's at least one person on Facebook friends with who keeps posting out of context stuff about Real Housewives of somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, and cool.
3: Man, social media is great.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. If there's <laughs> anything Speaking of which that you can really... find this
1: podcast on Twitter.
0: <laughs> on
1: what? On what? <laughs> on I'm Twitter. not calling it anything else. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: My I keep blowing my daughter's mind because uh, a, a few days ago, I was like, oh, I I just, oh, it because I saw, uh, I said Twitter just showed me that Matthew Perry died when we were on the car. And my, I was like, no, it's not mm-hmm. Twitter. It's like, it is on my phone because I never updated
2: it. So I still have Twitter <laughs> on my phone. I <laughs> just <laughs> went to x.com and it says twitter.com. It redirected to twitter.com slash home and it yeah. says something went wrong. Try reloading. And I keep reloading and nothing happens.
1: So, <laughs> anyway,
2: anyway that's where th- we live. Better than that uh, you don't though, need to,
1: staff. Better than that, <laughs> yeah, uh, support our,
0: our 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 movement or just listen to our podcast. Now you That's know what podcast fuck is, our podcast. Don't.
1: Go go make sure you're signed up to your union. Okay. Yeah. That's our message at the end yeah, of the you know what? So... Stop, stop Cop City. That's my yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: John, you should I, I... talk about your podcast though, because these guys don't know about it. <laughs>
3: Sure. Uh, real exactly. quick, I, I do want to just heap praise on the the two leads of this movie. Uh, mm. So Juan well, uh, Chacon, who plays Ramon, he he was like a union leader from New Mexico, and, and originally they didn't want to cast him because he was too gentle, um, but as like a real guy. But I think mm. he does a great job, and he has this great like Anthony Quinn esque look. Like, he just looks like a rugged, handsome dude. Yeah. And then Rosara Revueltas.
0: See, you feel my pain uh, now. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, but
3: no, she she just has such an incredible presence. Um, like sh- she's just so magnetic and just has this like iconic face that that is just h- hypnotizing. And she she can it feels like she can bear the burden of this whole community on her shoulders. So just all praise to them. Um, so yeah, uh, I uh, co-host a podcast called Popcorn Eschaton with my friend Scott Thoreau. It's on the Zebras in America feed. Uh, we focus on religion and/or left of leftism in movies. Doesn't have to necessarily be movies that are directly about that, but we can maybe um come at them in a different angle. We might be doing uh. So you know, we've talked about um the thirty-sixth Chamber of Shaolin in the past, and the next episode we're gonna record is. Um, Tarkovsky's Andrei Rublev so we try and run the gamut it, it's a good time and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Quasar Stiffer
0: Andrei Rublev is awesome. one every two years I'm like I'm going to try watching it again but it's so long and intimidating <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great movie very long very yeah. intimidating <laughs> okay Uh. Oh. yeah
2: what huh huh Oh, I was just gonna say thank totally. you for joining us, John.
3: Uh, I was a oh, I'm I'm so glad you guys like this movie. Um, uh, it was it was a real pleasure to get talk talk about it with you.
2: Yeah, oh. thanks for bringing it. This is the most appropriate film we've done since the strike started. Nice. <laughs> um, and it makes me rethink all the crazy shit I was going to bring to the table in the next couple of months.
1: No, no I'm still going to bring crazy shit. Yeah, I probably <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Between rocks and the birds place, and oh devil in the deep blue trees, just where the hovercraft captain cap in, should good Jubas Galilee Sea the joy of so many. Don't lie, long time shall erase Caught a glimpse of my original face Meet that the filter's broken Yachta headline reaches as a whale Light buzzing Walk on water, gotta pick up a gale The joy is so mad favorites don't lie
2: podcastio podcastius i, I think i think we i th- we no, I, no, I already <laughs>
0: cut i already cut on that silence because i was realizing Good. and luke was uh calling me out psychically like it's kind of uh it's not really the time to do that one because <laughs> 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 i started saying, right. it's like this is kind of weird context to say give us some money and, and luke was giving me a yeah. side eye so i kind of stopped right.
2: in midstream there <laughs> yeah you're right you're right you're right I, my brain was just in a weird loop Mine was too. I did a weird thing where I worked a whole bunch and then took a long nap before doing this. I'm not usually this groggy. Well, people are. I'm terrible.
1: If I have a nap, it's like I might as well just write the day off. I'm going to bed. (laughs) I'm not a napper.
0: (laughs) Well, Mark, you're lucky. People only hear my attempted hypocrisy and not yours then. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) you just cut that in and just put them back to back and (laughs) repeat them a few times.